0: Welcome to Ridgecrest Baptist. We thank you for listening. Now, here is this week's message. You know, about, what, 11 months ago, I remember on a Sunday morning, I only had the privilege of preaching a few minutes because we had the great service here, the uh, celebration service for 4th of July, and I remember pulling up in that parking lot, and my thought was, these folks will never accept me. Y'all had great preachers, y'all had great men of God in this church in the past. And I thought, what in the world am I doing here? Why in the world did I ever agree to come to Ridgecrest Baptist Church? And i got to be honest with you folks, there was a moment sitting in my car that morning, I started to crank it back up and (laughs) leave, because I thought they, they would do far better off. But thank God I didn't. And you have accepted me, and you have loved me, and you have given me the privilege of uh, being your interim pastor, and you have prayed for me and loved me, and I am honored by that. I did not deserve that. I do not deserve that. But I am so thankful for that, and I am ready for whatever God has in store for you uh, next. And I know it is a great big next, and that God's going to do some wonderful and powerful things. So thank you. Uh, I, I hope that you have not seen the last of me. Can I say from the depths of my heart, if you ever need me, call me. I, I'm one of those unusual fellas, and I know uh, my, my brain's cracked, but I love visiting the hospital and the nursing homes, because uh, I think one day I'm going to be there and I want somebody to come see me. And so if you ever need me to do that, I would be honored. Uh, to do that. I would first check with Brother David because I do not want to step on him. My prayer is for he and Noel and their success and the glory that God's going to bring. But I want to be here for you because you have become uh, part of my great family now because we are all part of the great family of God. And we can never, ever uh, deny that. And uh, you will always be a part. My prayer would be that when Brother David's on vacation that he'll allow me to come and to preach again for you if I'm not already submitted and committed somewhere else. I'm appreciative of something that you have no idea about this morning, but I'm also also nervous about it not being there. That for the whole time I've been here, there's been a clock up there. And last Sunday morning when Brother David preached, I thought, they've removed that clock for him and they never did that for me. So somebody took it down today, but I won't keep you long. I'll try not to do that because I know you have great plans for the weekend also as well. If you have your copy of God's Word, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 4 this morning, and I want to read verses 11 through verse uh, down 15, I think is what my plan is. I want you at some point, maybe over this long holiday weekend, to read those first 21 verses. I chose and I debated about reading all of those 21 verses today, but I knew the length would get kind of long. But I will refer back to some of those verses, but that is what the context of what I really want to share with you today. About what's next? It's about serving my church. It's about going further We've looked at what's next about waiting. We've looked at what's next about witnessing. Now what's next is about working for the Lord Jesus Christ, about building His church. It's about growing His church. It's about working together and to accomplish all the great things that God has in store. Do you realize God has a great vision for this church? God has a great vision for the days that are ahead, for the future. And He's putting all of those pieces together. Together as he brings in brother David and Noel and as all the pieces are coming together that there is a great future. You are part of that and God is needing you and God is calling you and God is directing you for you to step up and to play your role to do your part to be involved in serving the church in growing the church into what is next of what God would have us to do. So my question today is, are you serious about ministry and missions? God's placed you at a threshold today, and you must decide that today. Are you serious about the ministry of this church? Are you serious about the mission work of this church? And if you are, then you will come together and say, I'm all about serving my church to grow my church. And so when we do that then God will honor it and God will bless His Word. God's Word says this morning in verse 11 of Acts 4, This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby... We must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council... They conferred among themselves and they went on to try to come up with a plan, but they could not. So let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your truth today. Thank You for Your Word. And Lord, in this last sermon, let it be challenging. Let it be a sermon, Lord, that will stir every one of our hearts and souls that will set us on fire to go out and, Lord, to build your church, to serve your church, to be what you have called each and every one of us as individuals to be as we move forward into the future ahead. And, God, I'm excited about the great future of this church. And, Lord, I know you're going to lead them and guide them today. But, Lord, I pray for this service today. I pray that you will stir us. That if it's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that Lord, this day would be the day of salvation for them. Lord, that this day would be the day that others would recommit and rededicate their life to your service and to your church for the kingdom's growth. God, just move among us tonight, today, in this service. Help us to have the Spirit of God in the midst of everything that is said and everything that is done. And when it's over with and said and done, we will shout to the glory of God Himself. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a little boy that showed up at a vacation Bible school commencement and wanted to be a part of those closing ceremonies there. So, a teacher that would have been about his age, a teacher of his age group, went out and got him and brought him up with the others. But she noticed when she did, the young fella didn't have one hand. And he had lost it in some accident or some other way. And she began to worry. She didn't want the other kids to, be embar- uh, to embarrass him about that. And so in part of the process, they used the old thing that we've all done before. When you've talked about this is the church and this is the steeple, you open up the church and hear the people. And right in the middle of trying to, that teacher and leading the people, she realized that that little boy couldn't do that and she didn't know what to do. But about that time, a little girl sitting beside him reached over with one of her hands and said, Let's build the church together. That's what we need today. We need to build the church together today. It's all about all of us. There's no uh, big persons or small per- We're all people that are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I tried to ask people today to describe the church We'd get a variety of answers. To some, it's just a place. It's a place where they go. It's a place where they know about. To others, it is a place of fellowship. To a lot of people, it is their life. It is their activities. It is the events of their lives. To others, it's nothing more than special days and occasions before them. To some, they realize that it is, a, it is part of the kingdom of God. And they want to be a part of the great kingdom of God. In our day and time, we have the church universal. It is the church everywhere. It is the big C is the way that I look at it, the capital C that everybody uh, recognizes the church all about. But then there's the little C, which is the local church. You and I, as we gather together, we're people that are gifted by the Spirit of God. And we come together and and we unite and we build the church and we love one another and we lift one another up. That's what it's all about. That's what's next in serving the church. See, I believe the church is worthy. I believe the church is worthy to attend, it's worthy of our service, it's worthy of our giving, it's worthy of us loving it, it's worthy of our cooperation on every aspect and every level of the church today. But we live in a world where we are confronted about what's wrong with the church. It makes headlines of the newspaper, it's on uh, the news lines that you watch on TV, everywhere People want to focus on what's wrong with the church. Even in the midst of our churches today, people begin to tell us what's wrong with the churches. Can I today, just for a moment, ask you to clear your minds of what's wrong with the church? And I want you to see what's right with the church today. And right out of the the, this chapter 4 of the book of Acts, I believe there are four things that God reveals for us that are so right about the church that we've got to see it, and it's got to stir us and motivate us and move us to make the difference that we need to make today. First of all, I want you to see that out of the midst of this story is the integrity of the Master. You know what this chapter 4 is all about. The reason chapter 4 is there is because of chapter 3. You really can't read chapter 4 without understanding what happens in chapter 3. It is the story that Peter and uh, and the disciples headed down to the temple of God. And in the midst of going down there, there was the man uh, laying there. He was lame. He had been there all of, the, all of his life. He was begging for alms. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Walk. He did not do that in his own strength. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus, folks. We must see the integrity of the Master that we serve. Jesus said on one occasion, when he was there at Caesarea Philippi, And he looked at those disciples and he said, Who to me and say that I am? You know that story. The end result was that Christ said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That the church is going to stand in spite of anything, folks. You know why I believe that? Because my Bible says Jesus is coming back one day for the church. So that tells me the church is going to be alive and well on that day that Jesus burst the skies and He comes back to rapture the church. He did all that He, the church does all that it does in the name of the Master. It is all in Jesus Christ. You know what? Jerusalem, they're gathered there, they've had Pentecost, Christ has ascended unto heaven, and the religious leaders are all upset. The church is growing. Never understood that. Tried to be a, a student of the Word of God. Tried to understand that in the Greek form and in every, every uh, verb form that there is in the Greek. But the truth of the matter is, I cannot wrap my mind around the fact that at the birth of the church and as the church began to grow, that the religious leaders were against the growing of the church. How sad that is. But the, they, they were The Pharisees were upset. The Sadducees were certainly upset because Peter had said that it's all because of the resurrected of Jesus Christ. He is risen from the grave. He's the one that is living today. That's what he tells us. And they didn't believe in it, so they said, we, we, we can't have this on any way, shape, form, or fashion. Because Peter was preaching Christ Crucified and resurrected. So they wanted to arrest them. And Peter's answer in verse 10 is a great answer. He said, Be it known unto all and to all the people of Israel that it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand before you whole. Why should we look at the integrity of the Master? First of all, because of His impressive credentials. Have you ever really just sat and thought about who Christ is? I could spend the rest of the time this morning. He is Jesus, the deliverer. He is Jesus, the anointed of God. He is Jesus, the prophesied one. He is the crucified one for our sins. He is the one that broke down the death and bonds of death and sin and the grave. He is our master. That is the credentials of Christ. Why would we serve anybody else this morning other than Jesus Christ and Jesus alone today? It is the integrity of the master. But also it is the important commentary. Look at verse 11. This is the great commentary of all. This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. The chief corner stone. You know what that means, folks? It means that he is first. It means that he is it. Everything else comes from him. He is the reference, reference point. It's not the preacher. It's not the church. It's not the deacons. It's not some leader in the church. It is Christ and Christ alone. He is that, that chief cornerstone and everything else works around. That's what we need today. We need to get back to the focus on Jesus Christ. If we want to lift up and we want a not lost and dying world to accept the Christ that you and I serve today, we must lift up the integrity of who He is by allowing Him to be the reference point in our lives that when people see us, that they know that it's Christ in us and in us alone. But secondly, there's the importance of the message. And that's verse 12, that message that has been preached In revivals it has been preached time and time again. Probably one of that verse 12 of chapter 4 is probably one of those texts that when we all get to heaven we'll realize it was preached more than any other text that you might find in all of the Bible because it is so powerful and it has such wonderful words in the fact that there is now, there is no salvation in any other. How much simpler and how much plainer can there be? It is only in Christ. See, that's the single message of the church. This church doesn't have ten messages. This church doesn't have a hundred messages. This church has one message. It's all in this Bible. All 66 books of this Bible is one message, and that message is about Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, it is prophesying and it is pointing us to Christ. And in the New Testament, it is about Christ Himself. That is our message today. And we must again see the importance of getting that message out. Why should we do it? I believe because it's an exciting word. I know sometimes you look at me like a calf looking at a new gate because I get a little too excited up here. But it's because it is an exciting word to me because I realize that there are people that are in desperate situations. Their lives are, are desperate And they need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And I believe with all my heart today that the message of Christ is greater than any problem and greater than any situation that anybody has ever faced. Can I get an amen out of that? He is greater than all of that. And so we ought to be excited about sharing that message of Christ. But it is also important because it is exclusive. He is the exclusive way. No other way. In Christ alone. He is the only way. It is the eternal message. We should never waver. We should never get off track. God help a church that loses the focus of what the real message is. It is that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. It should never be anything else. Only about Jesus Himself. That we ought to realize that it is the exciting Word in the exclusive way that God's laid out for us. But thirdly, there's the impact of our ministry. Not only is there the integrity of the Master, the importance of the message, but there's the impact of our ministry. Now, you realize this morning that you can never get to the impact of our ministry until you've already accepted the integrity of the Master and the importance of the message. You never get to three until you've done the first two. And once we've done that, then we're able to have the impact in the ministry that God has given us. What can we do? What can Ridgecrest Baptist Church do? Let me tell you, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's amazing. My mind cannot comprehend all that this church can do. And why can this church do it? With God's help, folks. With God's help, this church can, can be everything that God wants. We need to be reminded again of that verse that says, Nothing is impossible with God. Whatever the vision is, Whatever Brother David comes in as the under-shepherd and God places about his heart and upon his mind, if God's placed it there, it is, imp- it is possible. It can be done. And we must see that this church can make the impact that it needs to make in this community. This church ought to be rising above all the uh, other places around here. And people may know not about businesses on McFarland Boulevard... They need to know that McFarland Boulevard is here because of Ridgecrest Baptist Church is here today. Why does it make an impact? First of all, because the ministry of God makes somebody's out of nobodies. Now, I like that. You may not like that. Verse 13 says, They took knowledge that they had been with Jesus because they were unlearned and they were ignorant men. The only the only thing that made them different is the last part of that verse that says that they had been with Jesus. It's not, not about our education. It's not about who we know. It's not about what we know. It's about whether or not we have been with Christ. I'd love, as I look back, and time wouldn't permit me this morning to go back and to be able to share all of those times that God took the nobodies. People that that nobody would have, the world had cast aside, the world had said, they are no good. And yet God gloriously changed their life. He sent them to the potter's house and he, He remade them. And somebody that nobody knew anything about, that God was able to take them, and God used them and God made somebody out of them. That'll make a Baptist shout today. Because God can do that in the hearts and lives of people all about. These men were men that were out of place. They were fishermen. They were carpenters. And yet they stood boldly before some of the most educated men of that day and religious leaders. All because God could take them. And they had spent time with Jesus. I think about David. A little shepherd boy. Out on a hillside tending to just sheep. And yet God rose him up and he became a king because God takes nobodies and God makes somebodies out of them. God takes the least likely. You know, if you had time, I think there's a great sermon about the no names in the Bible of people that God used so greatly. But also, the impact of our ministry is because it enables broken lives. To become beautiful lives. That the sin and the stain of this world, to know that no matter what we've ever done, that God can take that broken life and God can mend it and God can make it a beautiful life. Because when God impacts us and when God impacts our ministry and people see that lives have been changed and transformed by the great message of Christ, They don't look at us. They don't look at the church. They look at God. And they know that it's not us, but it's God in us. And that is the message. That is the impact of our ministry. We need to get out of the way. We need to have that John the Baptist... theology that we're not able to unloosen the shoes in which he wears that he is the greatest and we are not it's all about God and it's not about us but then lastly we must see the inspiration I didn't get into it but verses 15 through 20 it really bases out of uh, verses uh, 7 8 through verse 11 in chapter 3 as well But there must be inspiration. When we have the integrity of the Master, we put Jesus where He ought to be. When we take the message and we see the importance of it, that it's all about the message in Sunday school, in discipleship training, in preaching, in singing, it's all about the message that Jesus saves. That then we begin to make the impact. And the way we do that is that we've been inspired. By God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, led by God through every bit of... We need to be inspired today to serve. We ought to make much to do about missions and ministry because God has inspired us to do it. God has called us to do it. God has laid His hand upon us and called us to go out into all the world. Where is the real inspiration in that? In knowing that one day Christ is going to come again. That people are going to need to realize that Christ is coming to rapture this world. And we are living not for this moment. We are not living for this world. We are living for that moment when Jesus will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are longing for that day to see the sky burn open and for jesus to rupture his church his called out of this world that makes me want to get up and run folks makes me want to go and tell all that i can to do all that i can to be there for him it makes me want to make a resolve today to work for jesus christ we used to sing a song in the baptist church We'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be carried home. That's all you'll ever get out of me. And it wasn't much. But it's like we quit singing that and we quit working. God help us that we need to work for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe He's due what we can give. He's due our lives. He's due our all today. And He's called us to come and to follow Him. He bids us today to come. We must say, I am resolved to follow Jesus. No turning back. But I will go with Him today. And if we can be inspired to do that, just think of all the great work we could do. There's a story told. I don't know how much of it's true, but from all the research, it's about an African pastor who was overwhelmed by rebels, this was years ago, demanding that he renounce his faith. When he refused to do so, he was jailed and sentenced to die. But the night before his execution, he wrote on a scrap of paper. and I've had this for most of the years of my ministry, and it's become my heartbeat. This is who I am, what that man wrote that day, and I want to share it with you in closing. He simply wrote, before they put him to death, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, or popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first. I don't have to be tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by His presence. I am, le- I learn by faith. I love by patience. And I am lifted by prayer and labor by the power of God Himself. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My God is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought. Compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. Folks, I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. I will not hesitate in the presence of adversity. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, or burn up until I have preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. Why? Because I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till He comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till He stops me. And when Christ comes again, he will know that I am his own. He will have no problem recognizing me because my colors will be clear. My life will be set. And he will know that I am part of the redeemed of the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you today? Will he know in his returning that you are part of the great redeemed of the church? Would you stand with me? We hope this message will help you in your spiritual walk and growth. For more about Ridgecrest, please visit us on the web at www.rbc-tuscaloosa.com. Have a great day and God bless.